All right, we're going to close out this series today with a very important message. What, I, what I'm going to talk to you about today, it, it defines who you are. It, 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 it's going to give your life meaning and fulfillment and, and purpose in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine, like the whole reason for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was so that God could actually empower and endow you with a piece of himself, with giving you a piece of himself. And it's not just an important message for you, but it's mission critical for what God wants to do on this planet. I want to talk to you today about spiritual gifts. A lot of misunderstandings about spiritual gifts. But this was the reason why God gave us the spirit and poured out was to empower us with abilities that are even, not even from us, you guys. There's, there's this theology. Here's the, the misunderstanding of, of spiritual gifts. There are some theological views about giftings and the giftings of the Holy Spirit that maybe cancel out or discard or really just don't believe in some of the gifts. And here at Discovery, I want you to know, we believe in every single gift that was in the Bible. It's still in operation today. So there's this theological view called cessationism, or it's this belief that God has ceased, like these gifts have ceased to operate, especially the these big gifts. We'll talk about some of them today, like, like the gift of prophecy and healing and, and tongues and all this, like miracles, like that stuff just doesn't happen uh, that belief, they say, like, well, when the apostles died, God stopped doing those things when the apostles died. Here's the problem with that viewpoint. It's not in the Bible. In fact, the exact opposite is in the Bible. Jesus says, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. He said, I'm going to give you a spirit. I'm going to release that spirit so that you would do greater things. So it was always God's intention that how he moved and operated when he was on this earth and how the church moved and operated in the early church with power, okay, and authority, that that would be the same power we operate with the church today. Amen, you guys? First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, God has given gifts. Someone say gifts. He's giving you some gifts to each of you. Now the Greek word, the Greek word for gifts there is charisma. Yeah, that's where we get that, it's charisma. The, the, it's defined in Greek literally as a divine gratuity, a, a spiritual endowment, or a free gift. So this isn't something, you cannot earn the gifts of God. You cannot like, like get them by praying really hard. No, no. In fact, the command here isn't even to try to deserve it, but to use it, to use the gifts. Look what he says. God has given each of you gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts, and we're going to talk about a lot of them today. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. God, he's giving you some gifts so that he can flow through you and bless others. So here's my, my definition of a spiritual gift. I don't think it's in your handout, but right up here on the screen. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together, like coming together as the body of Christ, we can advance his purposes in this world. Now, I want you to know this. Listen to me. This is the hope of the world. This was God's plan to get his kingdom in this world that on earth it would happen in heaven through him endowing you with power and with supernatural ability. It was never God's intention to like create a place for you to have a spiritual moment once a week. Let me say that again. It was never God's intention to create a place where somebody else creates little moments for you to, to feel spiritual once a week. Okay, we are the church. We were created by God to make a difference and we gotta find our place. Now, listen to me. This is why this is so important, this message today. Because all 
hell is banking on not allowing this thing to happen in your life. Like even if, even if he'll lose you to eternal life, he, he will put just enough problems in your life, just enough confusion and pain and distraction. So, so even though you might go to heaven, you'll never really connect to the purpose of God, that together you would be used by God to advance his purpose here on earth. That God, like the enemy, I'm telling you, he is all out. He might lose, like your soul is his, but he's trying to get you away from doing what God has called you to do, gifted you to do, and equipped you to do. So let me explain the, this in, in story format and give you a little history lesson today. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament, there were only certain people, special people, who were given special abilities. They were called the priests. Okay, they were, they were priests, and these priests would go into the place where God was. God dwelled in the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat and the presence of God. And they would go in there, and they would hear from God, and they would go out and tell the people what God told them. Okay, so God, that, God found fault with that. That was never, never going to be the long-term remedy for humanity's problems. So Jesus comes along, and he grabs ordinary people, fishermen and tax collectors, and mess up people with backgrounds and issues and, and people that were failures up until the moment they even met Jesus. Those people, he grabs them to himself and he says, okay, no, I'm going to anoint you to be my church. And it wasn't even just for those 12 disciples. His spirit was poured out on all his church. So when Jesus died and was crucified and he was buried, the Bible says that he was resurrected, raised from the dead. And 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, which Pente Pentecost means just 50 days. That's what that word means, Penta. 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God poured out on not just the, the disciples, but all believers. Here's our theme verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Final time for our theme verse in this outpouring series. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on who? On special people? No, no. Uh, how about on ministers? How about on ministers? No, no, no. It's, it, God says, no, no, no. This is, that, that's not, that's Old Testament. No, I, I, I'm pouring out my spirit on all people. And it will, it will be not a gender thing. It won't be an age thing. It won't be a new believer, old believer thing. On all people, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Now, some um, prophesy is not, is not like foretelling the future, okay? To prophesy, it literally means to proclaim the word of God. So God says, when my spirit is poured out, when you are full of my spirit and I'm poured out, in that, then, then the people will declare my word. The people will be proclaimers of my word that they're going to prophesy and your young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. On even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will proclaim my word. And as the early church continued and full of the Holy Spirit and poured out Spirit. Eventually, though, they started hiring priests again. They started hiring ministers again, and people didn't know anything, so they came up with terms like clergy, which is not in the Bible. That term is not in the Bible, not the Old Testament, not the New Testament. That term, it's a man-made word, clergy. You know what the word clergy literally means? It means one who reads. So, so I'm going to go read the Bible for you. I'm going to go read the Bible, and then I'm going to come to you once a week, and I'm going to tell you what it says. It's not in the Bible. That is nowhere in the scriptures. And they created another word called laity or layman. And that's all they do. They just lay around and do nothing. And that's not in the Bible. Not in the Old Testament, not the New Testament, nowhere. It's not in the scriptures. So the 1500s, in the 1500s, if you know your church history, there was an event called the Protestant Reformation. 
And Martin Luther, who was a priest, was reading the Bible and said, wait, wait, wait. Like, we're not doing what this Bible says. And he posted this thesis on the door of the church, and one of them was called the priesthood of all believers. He said, no, wait, we are all kingdom. Everyone in the kingdom is a priest. Like, we're all ministers. We're all called. And the people were shocked. And and it did. It gained some traction. But honestly, here we are still after the Reformation, 2,000 years later, and we're still, there's still a division, the preachers and the people, the called and the not called. And that is not the picture of the church of the living God, that some would sit idle to listen and just tell me what the word of God says. Tell me what God, that was not the New Testament church. It's not. I'm telling you, I hope you grab onto something today that you would see. This can change your life. If you really perceive, if you get a revelation of why the Holy Spirit was released and given to you and poured out into you, here's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 again. He says, now about spiritual gifts, my brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to like, like not know or be understanding of why God gave you the Holy Spirit and why he's giving you supernatural abilities. Like it's not just for some. I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. So he educated him in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and and there's, there's several portions of the Bible that actually list the gifts. And y'all okay if we just kind of do some Bible study together for a minute? I'm gonna get really practical, but I wanna study the three major sections of the New Testament that have the gifts of the Holy Spirit listed out. There are three categories of gifts. Okay, we're gonna study this together real quick, and then we'll get really practical for you, okay? But there are three categories of gifts. Write down the first category. The first category is the manifestation gifts. I know that might be a weird word for some of you or maybe a freaky word or something. Manifestation. It's not, it's just the word the Bible uses, okay? It's the word the Apostle Paul uses because these gifts, listen, they're not, not everybody has these gifts. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, use the word charisma. Every one of you have a, a charisma, a gift of God, a free gift. He's actually not talking about one of these. He uses a different word, manifestation gift, all right? So some people have it, but not everybody. And they manifest themselves. So almost where it's God possessing it through you. You don't possess this. God possesses it through you. So here's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10, where we see the list of manifestation gifts. Now to each one, these gifts are called the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge a lot of times people think of prophecy that's actually a message of knowledge where you know something that you should not know yet God has given you insight and revelation to have knowledge about something that's the gift of a gift of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another healing by the same spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits or discernment to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. How many of you know that every single one of those are still in operation in God's church? The manifestation of the Spirit is still given. In fact, that's actually listed in Acts chapter 2, that in this outpouring of latter day, that we will see more people gifted with prophecy, proclaiming the word of God under the the unction or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Can I get amen, somebody? Y'all believe that, okay? That's the first category the manifestation gifts, but not everybody actually has one of those, okay? Here's the second category, and that's the ministry gifts, the ministry gifts. Now, these gifts are unique. Every one of them are unique. This category itself is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 
and 12. He says, now these are the gifts. Is that the translation? Got the wrong translation. That's okay. Now, Christ himself gave. That word gave or gifts there is a different word. It's not charisma. It's didymi. Okay? So this means, it means a gift or a grant. Now, these are the, Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Look what he gave them for. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So according to this scripture, as a pastor, as someone who has the ministry gift, and these ministry gifts, by the way, they are people, according to the scripture. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, it's called the fivefold ministry, all right? That, that these are people that are gifted with the leadership to equip God's people. Now, I, as a pastor, the Bible says that I am not called to do ministry. I'm called to equip you to do ministry. Are you seeing that, you guys? That, that these people, these leaders, these pastors and teachers are to equip God's people for works of service. So some of you have it flipped upside down. You thought I was supposed to do all the work up in here. You thought the pastors or the ministers or the, oh, no, that's only for a certain few. That's for them to do all the praying, all the Bible studying, all the teaching, all the, no, not a, that's not the Bible. Listen, this is where we've gotten off track from the priesthood of all believers that the reason why the Protestant Reformation even started, you're not to sit there and listen. God has called you to be a minister. He's gifted you. And now, as a pastor, my job isn't to do all the ministry. It's not. I'll do ministry because I'm a child of God just like you. But my job, my role and the calling and the function and the gifting as a pastor is actually to equip you to do the ministry God has called you to do. Okay? And, and, and the best thing about discovery, uh, you know, other than the anointing and the amazing favor and grace of God, the best thing that we have done over the last nine years, honestly, is teach through our discovery track. We've, we've taught people their gifting, their, their, that we've helped gift and equip and release people to the assignments of God so that the body of Christ may be built up. Last, last night, we celebrated with our dream team. 866 people serve on the dream team here at Discovery Church. And we had an amazing night. Give it up for everyone who's serving. Come on, you guys, give it up. Will you show some appreciation? I'm not here to build the church. You guys know that, right? I'm here to build the kingdom. And the kingdom lives inside of you. It's in you. God has given you kingdom. He's put his spirit inside of you. So there's, there's a manifestation gifts. There's ministry gifts. And then this last category are called motivational gifts. The motivational gifts. And they're called motivational gifts because they're connected to your, what motivates you, what, how you are wired. They're connected to your personality even, okay? Some things that motivate you don't motivate them. God did that. Some things that excite you may bore her. God did that, okay? There are motivational gifts that God has given you. Now, this is the same word that Peter uses when he says that each of us have been given. Every one of you have a charisma. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 and 8. We have different gifts. Now, here's the word charisma. Now, this is what a lot of theologians believe. Every single person, everyone who's a child of God has a charisma, has one of these motivational gifts, a hard-wiring inclinations that are from God, according to the grace given to each of us. Now, everyone has a different grace gift. So my, one of my gifts is speaking. I can, and hopefully you think that, but I can speak. And, and, but I don't, I, don't, I don't get nervous to do this. People ask me all the time, you get, you get nervous? No, I don't get nervous at all. I do this. I love to do this. It's a joy to do this. I have way too many notes. I could talk for another hour, you guys. I'm like, so this is, I'm, 
but, but other people, it freaks them out, like my wife. <laughs> when I asked my wife, like, like, to speak, oh my gosh. Like, she's got other gifts. So I got to give her a year in advance. I'm like, honey, you're going to preach next year. And even, <laughs> even when it comes up, she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. She's freaking out, man. I got to protect her all week, like, field everything. No, 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 no don't stop. So, and she just freaks out, man. But here's the deal. I have different gifts that she has, and she has different gifts than I have. Like, she is so anointed. She has the gift of mercy and compassion and navigate people through challenges and difficulties. And, and I'm not saying that all of us should be able to do that, but some of us are graced to do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of us are gifted by God. And she does have that, man. So when people, like, come to me with their issues and problems, I'm like, look, here, here's the answer. One, two, three. Do these three steps. You're going to be good, man. And I love you. And God bless you. And then Veronica's like, Jason, you didn't even hear all the story. Oh, my goodness. Like, She's just got this grace, you know what I mean? She's got a grace to navigate through it all and, and just a compassion and a mercy. So she just got things that, that, that I don't got. There are people that have the grace gift of, of like working with children. You're so good with kids and, and you like to like corral them and teach them and love them and, and they listen to you and you listen to them and all that great stuff. You don't want me working with your kids. You don't want me, Okay. I'm good in small doses with the kids. I love them and I can mess around with them, but if I'm there too long, duct tape is coming out, man. I'm like, shut up. Some people, some of you got a grace, a grace gift like for hurting people and you, you just connect well with hurting people. And, 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 and look, all that is designed by God. So you'll walk into one room, you'll walk and say into a room like this and maybe there's people crying and hurting over here. And some of you, because if you're wired by God and you have certain motivational gifts, when you come in, you see immediately the hurting and you see the crying and you, see, and you gravitate to them. And then as someone else, you come into a room like this and there'll be people crying and hurting over here and you're like, hey, that light's out. Yeah, we should, you know, we need to get the maintenance guy over here. Let's work on that right there. And there's people crying over here. Look, and I'm not saying, hey, that guy don't have the Holy Spirit. That guy is so messed up. What's wrong with him? No, I'm saying God did that. Because that light needs to be fixed. Amen, somebody? Aren't you grateful that you got working lights right now? Okay. Okay, so he says, look, you, you got different gifts according to the grace given us. If your gift is prophesying, like proclaiming the word of God, right? If, it, if you declare that word of God and you got the gift to proclaim the word of God, man, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. He's just saying, you don't got to be anybody else. You don't have to have their personality or their motivations. God made you, you. He wired you that way. And if he gave you that, do it. And if you give you encouragement, if it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, then lead diligently. If it's mercy, then show mercy. Okay? So today, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three truths. And I hope you grab hold of these things because it can change your life. It really can. Once you understand the whole reason for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the first place, it can change your life. Here's truth number one. God has called all of us to be ministers. I'll never stop preaching this, man. I'm not, look, I'm not your preacher. I'm not your minister. I'm an equipper of ministers. You, you are the minister. I, like, I'm not the minister here. All of us are. I'm, I'm going to do my part, but my part's not enough. God says, God says, like, he needs, he's counting on all of us, and, and God wants to stir up the spirit inside of you to supernaturally empower you, put something in you that would be an encouragement and a blessing in, in someone else's life. And I'm telling you, when you live this way and you understand this, it's so fun. It's fun. I'm not saying even fun like, like, like excitement fun, but, which it is, but it's fulfilling, man. 
living this way it is fulfilling. It's, it's it, knowing that I was used by God to make a difference, and I put my head down, and I lay down at night to know, wow, God did that. That wasn't me. God moved in that situation. You, look, that's the most fulfilling life. Acts chapter 10. You ready for this? The same thing that happened to Jesus can happen to you. Look at this. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Why? So he could have goosebumps and have a fun church service? No. That's what charismania has turned the Holy Spirit into. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit was not given to you for your personal entertainment. He was, he, was, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and hearing, healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because of the anointing, the wind, the breath that was inside of him. God was inside of him. That can happen to you. That is, if you accept it, that's you. You are, Ephesians chapter 2.10, it says you are God's handiwork. Do you know that? God made you. He created you. You are the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus. What, to do church? No, to attend great church services? Nope. To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what that means? That means that God created the good thing for you to do, and then he created you to do the thing. So God, God didn't create you and then go, huh, what am I going to do with that? No, he he created the, the good, the thing. And then he goes, now I can make you with everything you need, every attribute, every skill, every wiring, every motivation, every gift you need to do the good thing I plan for you to do before the foundation of the world. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? Not so that we can have a good time at church. No, so that we can help each other. And I'm asking you guys to get in the game, man. Get in the game. And not for, not for the church's sake, for the kingdom's sake. For your sake, we need to realize that the breath of God, the wind of God, the power of God that lives inside of us, it's not for your personal entertainment. It's for the cause of Christ, for the advancement of the gospel on this planet. And the whole church said a good amen. Come on. All right, here's the second truth. They're just saying, it'll change your life if you receive this, y'all. Second truth is this. Every gift God has given is unique and important. It's unique and important. So you can't covet somebody else's gift. You can't look at me and go, oh, I wish I could preach like that. When I, or look, at, look, I wish I had, I wish I could teach like them. I wish I could, they're so encouraging and they're so, they're so compassionate. I wish, oh, how come I'm not? No, you can't do that. And by the way, you can't also go, well, I don't do that because I'm not church staff. You're thinking about this wrong. This isn't like hired and not hired, ministers and not ministers, called and not called. That's not the church. We're all kingdom citizens. We're all called. We're all ministers. Let me show you 1 Peter 4.10 again. God has given gifts to each of you from, look what he says, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. You know why there's a variety? Because there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of different gifts because there's a lot of different functions. Just like it is with your body, they're all different functions. In fact, if you go read, you should go read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Where, where the Apostle Paul explains the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but right after that, he connects it to a body. and He makes it like, he says, just like, we're, just like the, church, the church is a body. Some of you might be the eye. Some of you might be the hand. But I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. You need all parts of the body. 
Now, I was thinking to myself, like, how can I, how can I illustrate this? These motivational gifts that are hardwired into every person that, and how they're necessary and needed, and, but they're all different and essential. And I was thinking, how can I explain this to you that might be a little fun in a way that you would m- remember? So I want to create a scenario with you, okay? Imagine a scenario. We're all at a banquet, okay? And it's dessert time, and every one of you went and got your dessert, and you're going back to your seat, and you're going to have a banquet right there, a little, little dessert. And, and one person's getting their dessert, and they're coming back to their seat, and they trip and fall and spill it all over the place, okay? Now, in that moment, in that exact moment, if you were to see the spiritual gifts in operation right there at that time, this is how it looked like, okay? The person with the gift of mercy would go, oh, I'm sorry, are you okay? Okay, the person with the gift of preaching would go, well, that's what happens when you're not careful. The person with the gift of serving would go, I'll clean it up, don't you worry about that, I got this. The person with the gift of teaching said, well, the reason it fell, see, because the plate was disproportionately, <laughs> like if you, if you were to put it in the center, see, wait, you're holding that thing is, okay? And then the person with the gift of encouraging would go, that's okay, it can happen to anybody, it's okay. The person with the gift of giving would say, here, you can take my dessert. The person with the gift of leading would say, Jim, you get a mop, John, you clean it up. Mary, why don't you go ahead and fix another dessert for him, okay? <laughs> Same room variety of gifts, right? It's the same situation, but all these are needed. All these are essential. So here's the question, like, so which one are you? Which one? And not not any of these are right or wrong. All of them are essential. All of them are necessary. So so which one are you? This is where you guys, our discovery track comes in. And we've been teaching the discovery track for nine years here at Discovery. It starts, it's every first and second Sunday of the month. If you haven't gone to it, track one is all about connecting you to the body of Christ. That you are, don't be a, don't be a spiritual orphan. Don't be a disconnected member. A disconnected hand cannot live without, look, it, it'll decay eventually without being connected to the body. There are 30 New Testament commandments, verses, that you cannot fulfill if you are not belonging or connected to the local church, the body of Christ. You cannot, you will not walk in obedience as a child of God. I don't care what, what you've been told or what you thought yourself, how you convince yourself of your easy Christianity that doesn't have no commitment to no person or community. Look, you cannot walk in obedience if you're not committed to the local church, okay? So don't be a spiritual orphan. Belong, and it doesn't have to be here, by the way. It doesn't. It's it, it just somewhere. Find somewhere where there is the vision, the leadership, pastors, where you say, yes, I, I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm under it and I'm with you. Let's go, okay? There is that place for you and you need to find it. And it doesn't have to be here. But that's what track one is about. Track two is about all this. It's about all the gifts. And I flew over them. But in track two, we kind of go and, and explain the definitions of each of the gifts. And, and there's a spiritual gift analysis and a, and a personality analysis. And you get to figure out how God wired you. Here's the theme of track two. Your design reveals your destiny. So if God created the good thing for you to do, but he created you first and put everything in you to do the good thing, then let's try to figure out how you were designed. What is, what's the wiring? What are the giftings? What are the abilities? What are the personalities he put in you? Because that actually reveals your destiny, what he wants you to do. So that's all in track two. And I'm telling you, if, if you do that, it'll change your life. It will. If you, if you start doing what God has called you to do and acting like the minister you are, the child of God that you are. I love how King David says it in Psalm 139. 
He says it like this, for you created my inmost being. So when I walk into the room, if I see the person hurting and crying over here, or if I see the light, that's out. You did that, God. It's not right or wrong. You did that. You wired me in a certain way that I see things before I see that, that I'm motivated by this instead of being motivated by that. You created my inmost being and you knit me together in my mother's womb. And then he says this, because of that, I can praise you. Now you can celebrate your life because you know how you're designed. Listen to me. Too many of you are disappointed with your life. Too many of you are not happy with your life. And listen, you've been wandering and you've been looking for fulfillment and you've tried on different things and it may please you for a little season, but then it just falls, ends up empty. All that, listen, because you cannot find fulfillment in anything that was not designed for you. And the only way that you can find that, what you were created to do, is to go to the creator himself. He said, I praise you, I pray, I, can, I praise you because I'm fearfully, I know it wonderfully well. Your works are wonderful and I know it now, God. I know you put that there. I know what I'm called to do in all the days. Now I know all the days ordained for me like it's written. You have a timeline of my life. You have a plan for my life. And some of you may think like, are you telling me God wrote these, day, wrote these days? These are like, are these days I'm living in? God wrote this? Not really. Not, all, not, not always. We've added a few chapters to our life. Amen, somebody? Some of y'all added some chapters to this story, but hear me out. Listen to me. The last chapter can still fit. I feel like someone needs to receive that. You may have wandered. You may have tried some stuff. You may have wrote a whole bunch of chapters. Listen to me. The last chapter of God still fits. He can still make it all work together for good, for good. All the days ordained for me. You created. God created you to do something that he's called you to do. And my dream, my dream as a pastor is in, in the whole, how discovery even functions. That's why we call Discovery Church the Discovery Church, by the way. Everything we do here is, is designed to help you discover who he is, but then help you discover who you are in him and what he's called you to do. That's, that's the whole like design of our church. It's the, the discovery tracks, everything. We want you to know, oh, you created, you did it. Oh, you and now I can celebrate. I can walk. Here's, here's what I want you to be able to say one day, if you can't say it already. I was made for this. I was made for this. I want you to be able to find that place, to find your gifting, to find your wiring, to step into a serving opportunity or a team, or to, and to be able to say, look, man, I'm, ser I, I'm, I'm serving with kids, and I love it. I, just, I was made for this. Do you remember, um, how many of you used to go to church years ago? We used to have testimony night. Anyone? Testimony night? Remember testimony night? Okay, so years ago, there was like, what, what testimony night was is you would literally pass the mic around, and it could get really weird, man. Get, you pass the mic around, and people just get up, and it'd be good testimonies, but then someone would say something like, ooh, cut the mic. It's like, they just, they would get really weird, or some doctrinal stuff that's off, and it's like, so we don't do that stuff now. Thank God we don't do that stuff. We, we record the testimonies. It's like, she don't know what she's talking about right there. Cut that out. And, and he's, he still needs some deliverance there. Just, just cut that part out. That part was good. God's working on that part still. So, so let's record it, edit that thing down for you. And, but here's, like, I got this dream. I got this dream that we would be able to one day that if we did have a mic, we'd be able to pass it around and just pass it around to every person in here. You'd be able to grab that mic and say, hey, I'm John. 
And, I, and Pastor Jason ain't the only minister here. I'm a minister of God. And I got the gift of, of encouragement. And I lead a small group of men because I, I, I'm, I'm gifted to mentor them and to show them what it means to be a man of God. And I was made for this. And then that person would pass the mic to someone over here and say, I'm Sarah, and I got the, I got the gift of, of exhortation, and, and, and I just love kids. I'm gifted in grace with kids, and I'm a minister. Just, Jason ain't the only minister here. I'm a minister of God. I'm a kingdom citizen, and, and I was made for this. And then it just passed around to every person up here, and you just, you just identify your gifting and your calling, and I was made for this. Someone pick it up and say, I got the gift of of, of, of leadership and some people call it the gift of goofiness because I serve with the teenagers and I mentor them and and I was man Pastor Jason ain't the only minister man I'm ministering in this and I love these youth and I was made for this that's my dream man that you'd be able to find that place that you'd find your design and know it full well and you praise God with it because hey because check it out because I'm I'm Jason my name's Jason and I'm, I'm a minister not because I'm on this stand, because I'm a child of God, okay? And, and I, got, I got the gift of leadership and pastoring. I'm a tour guide. So, and I love taking people on a journey to figure out who they are in Christ. I was made for this, okay? I want you, I want you to be able to figure out your design so that you can do and be who God has created you to be. Okay, here's, y'all getting something out of this? Are you guys getting something, okay? Here's a third truth for you. Write it down. The gifts God has given me. They show me, the affirm inside of me who I am. The gifts affirm me. And I have this sense in my heart, I think there's a lot of probably agreement in this room, that there's a lot of confusion right now in this world, isn't there? Uh, confusion around who am I? Who am I? A lot of people are looking for identity. And they're, they're, they're so confused. And the reason is, is you cannot get your identity from anywhere else except from the one who created you. Let me break down this Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 6. Let me, let me break this down. The last verse I'm going to give you guys, okay, and then we're going to pray. But, but I got to give you some Greek language here because it makes a lot more sense if, if, you, if you know some of this language stuff. So let me, Romans chapter 12 says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That word highly, we're going to look at that. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment. We're going to look at sober. In accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And he says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ, we who are many, we form one body. And each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts. There's different gifts represented, but then it's all predicated. All of it is predicated on that first verse. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Now, that's not talking about prideful, like, like you got your nose. That's not what that word means, Okay. That word in Greek is huperphaneo. You don't need to know that. I just, I'm just trying to sound smart. No, I'm just kidding. Huperphaneo. Highly, I'm just kidding. Highly means this, an improper view. An improper view. So you got the wrong view of you. You're not seeing yourself the right way. You're seeing, you got the wrong view. And what you need is a sober judgment. That's close to huperphaneo. It's soferneo. And it means having a right mind. This is the same Greek word that was used when Jesus went to the Gadarenes and he met this demoniac, this legion man possessed with spirits. And when he cast the demons out of him, the Bible says, so for nail happened. He sat in his right mind with Jesus, okay? See, every, every single one of us in here, listen, every one of us need a measure of deliverance from the wrong view that we have, the wrong view that your parents gave you, that your teachers gave you 
that your coach gave you, that your past gave you. you. You're believing things about yourself. You got the wrong view and you've disqualified yourself for something that God has called you to do. And you need to get in your right mind with faith. Faith. Faith is allowing the one who created you to give you the right view. So if I were to translate that verse in the Jason Hannish paraphrase, Romans chapter 12, let me, let me paraphrase that verse for you. Something like this. Do not have the wrong view of who you are, but rather be set free and put in your right mind by allowing the one who created you to show you who you are and what you were created to do. And that's my dream for you. And I'm telling you, it is, it is a life of fulfillment to be who God has created you to be. It's the reason why we sit under an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not for your personal entertainment, not for your pleasure, not for your goosebumps. God has released gifts and assignments into your life so that you can bless, help, and serve others, a part of the body in advancing his purpose. Can I pray that over you with every head bow? Come on, with every head bow and every eye closed. God help us get the right view. Forgive us, God, for the wrong view. We don't see ourselves the way we should. We don't see ourselves as ministers, as priests, as holy, as chosen, and as called. There's a separation, God, between how I see myself and what this word, what your word tells me I am. So, God, I pray for a measure of deliverance in the name of Jesus in our mind. Sober mind. A right mind. That you'd set our minds right by faith that we would see ourselves the way you see us, God. That we'd have a right view of ourselves. Called, chosen, gifted, appointed, anointed. God, help us to advance your kingdom together with the body of Christ. To advance your purposes. Use me, God.